Brother Jason. <laughs> Amen. So, um, but after the service, it'll be right outside the doors. So just do your best, and we would appreciate it. Amen. Amen. I, uh, I'm terrible at announcements, and I failed to mention a few things. And uh, go ahead, turn in your word to Matthew 5 and, and also chapter 11. While you're turning here, I'll mention these things. But uh, uh, remember Vanessa... Uh, York, she does so much here. Remember her in prayer. She's having some surgery done on her eyes, and a procedure done, and, and also uh, Mildred Turner, she's having a procedure coming up, and uh, remember them. You just had it. Well, I'm late. <laughs> we remember her anyway. And uh, she's obviously doing good. She's here. But um, the Lord is good to us, and uh, sometimes our minds, or my mind, I don't know about yours, my mind goes a little scattered because it, it, so much goes on in there. Believe it or not, there is a lot that goes on in there. Uh, sometimes it just don't make sense. But uh, welcome also to our online viewers. And also coming up, there is a meal that will be after service. Those, that meal, all proceeds go to help with family camp. Unless, in case you have forgotten what family camp is, Labor Day weekend, the entire church will be going to family camp up in Brevard. Uh, it's going to be a great time. So, um, and if you have, are making payments toward that, please let Madeline know, because there's no way she can keep up with it if you do not tell her. And uh, there's no way we can transfer the funds into the appropriate account if we don't know that you paid. So if we don't know, uh, I hope you don't take this the wrong way, it's your fault, not ours. <laughs> uh, but that being said, I'm ready to, to dig in. Uh, in our nation right now, obviously, it's a, it's a little nuts. To say the least. <laughs> um, there is a lot going on. There's a lot of uproar. I was riding yesterday and I thought, man, nobody's in line right now for gas. It's the big craze, the big scares going. And I wondered what's going to be next. And, and people are looking forward to July because they hear they're going to pass another stimulus package. And, and I can tell you, me and Noah was talking about it. You go to work, you'll get a stimulus check every week or every two weeks. <laughs> we don't, you don't need the government to pay you. You need to work. You need to earn your, your, your keep, per se. So if you want a stimulus check, just go to work. Get a job. You'll get one every single week. That's for you who view as well. And if you get mad at me, that's, it's all right. I've been mad at before. But uh, does that sound right? I've been mad at? Yeah, people have been mad at me before. But uh, nonetheless, there, that's off my chest. Let's dig into the Word. Today, as, uh, as many of you may know, or if you don't know, uh, what is being celebrated around this nation, they call Pentecost Sunday, and uh, people are going to be preaching the house down and, and kicking their shoes off and all those things. And I don't, I don't preach uh, themed messages, and I don't preach around what people say you should preach. I preach what the Lord lays on my heart. And, and I can tell you right now that Pentecost has been going on since the day of Pentecost. It's no certain day. It should be every day. So there, there are people going to preach the house down, and then they're going to leave, and then what? Uh, the, our lives should be changed every single day. But I want to talk this morning about we still believe. Also about the character of a Christian, the character of a believer. We still believe in what? We still believe in all the benefits of Calvary. We still believe in the power and operating and moving of the Holy Spirit. We still believe that the Word is the authority, that it is, that it is inspired, that it is undefiled, that it is to be our, our, our guide. 
And we believe that the word is true, all of it. We believe from Genesis to Revelation. We believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He was born of a virgin, that he came to, to be, be uh, crucified, sacrificed himself on the cross so you and I can have redemption. And on the third day, he rose again. We believe all of that. We believe that he sent the comforter, that he will send one that would come. He told the disciples he would. We still believe he's here today. He didn't leave with the apostles. What do we believe? We believe all of this word. But I want to tell you something. We Pentecostals, we, if you didn't know we're Pentecostal church, we're Pentecostal surprise, we're Pentecostal church. But we Pentecostals want to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit all the time. But I want to tell you something. If you're going to walk and operate in the power of the Holy Spirit, you need to first operate in humility. Because Christ said some things, and we're going to get there in, in Matthew 11, but Christ said some things of himself that we are to learn of. But when you go, before you get to Matthew 11, obviously Matthew chapter 5 comes. And in this chapter, there is a, there's a, the Pentecostal people will tell you all about the gifts of the Spirit. They can't tell you nothing about the Beatitudes. I know, I know Dennis has been teaching on the Beatitudes for a long time. And I asked Jim, well, what do you learn? We, we're talking about the Beatitudes. Good. It should be your attitude. It should be our attitude. In Matthew 5 and 5, he says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And we get meekness confused with weakness. Meekness has nothing to do with being weak. Meekness is power under control. You've got to know when to and when not to. You gotta, it may be, it may be uh, 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 good for you to, or, or you may be free to do it, but should you do it? Paul would, Paul would basically say it this way, just because I can don't mean that I have to or should. Just because you got something to say and it could be right don't mean that you should say it. You need to be seeking the Holy Spirit of when to say and what to say. So he said, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. It's kind of like a bridled horse. The power never goes anywhere. It's just controlled. But in order to be meek, you've got to look back at Matthew 5, verses 3 and 4. It says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then verse 4 says, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. And I want to ask you something. When is the last time that the spiritual declension has gripped your heart? When is the last time that the spiritual declension of this nation has made you grieve in your spirit? When's the last time that you prayed for those that don't know Christ instead of praying for things that you just want? Because he tells us right here, blessed are they that mourn for they shall be comforted. But blessed are the poor in spirit. Not mean poor, you ain't got no money. I'm talking about you understand that without Christ, nothing else matters. So we have to understand that the sinful nature of man's heart should break our hearts. It should break our hearts. Without Christ, we are morally poor. Without Him, there is no newness of life. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, it goes on to tell us that we were dead in our sins and trespasses. So without Christ, you have zero hope. There's nothing. I find it very crazy, ironic, whatever you want to call it, that those that are pushing this tolerance agenda, this being open-minded about receiving and accepting everything, are so closed-minded to the truth. They don't want to hear the gospel because what happens is it proves that you don't know anything, including me. 
We got everybody wants to be, uh, and then they're offended because I'm not offended at what offends them. Or they're offended because you're not offended at what offends them. The gospel, the gospel is an offense. The gospel should be uh, checking us, and we want to call it an offense, that's fine, but we should be checking us. And I want to tell you something, don't be parading around with the label of Christian on and living like hell. I'm going to go all over. We're going to preach the whole Bible today. I told Mary Nicholas, she said, Lord, Jesus, a lot of scriptures. I told her, I'm going to really try you out today. I'm referencing a lot. And why do I do this? Because I want you to understand that the Word of God is the authority. Not me, not you, not not the White House, not the government, not anything else. The Word of God is the authority. So without Christ, people are morally, man is morally poor. And without Him, again, there is no newness of life. That we were dead, Ephesians 2, we were dead in our sins and trespasses. Chapter 2 of Ephesians is about who you were and now who you are in Christ. You should read it sometime, it's awesome. About who you were, but now who you are in Christ. But it says, blessed are they who mourn, personal sin. But as well as the sin that grips so many lives. We don't talk about sin no more. People don't want to call it sin. They want to call it a a sickness, or they want to call it a fad, or they want to call it this or that. The Bible calls it sin. And we should never be meeting about sin. We should never be meeting should it be okay to accept or tolerate what the Bible clearly calls sin. I don't care what year it is. I don't care who's in the White House. I don't care who's in the local government official's office. I don't care what kind of mandates they put forth. If God's Word says it's not right, it's not right. It's not. I may be a little fired up today, but it's okay. I'm fired up about a lot of stuff. <laughs> Lord, don't let me pull the trigger when I don't need to. But in Matthew 11, 28 through 30, we read this portion of Scripture, and people know it, and they quote it. It says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I want to, before I go to 29, I want to tell you that most people are heavy laden because they choose to be. They choose to carry the burden. They choose to carry the weight of the world. They choose to carry it all on their shoulders. They are heavy laden because they desire to be, because they will not adhere to the Word of God and take it and lay it at the foot of of, of the cross, if you will, or or give it to Christ. Verse 29 (coughs) says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek. Christ says, For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest. I don't know about anybody in here, but anybody need some rest? <laughs> you shall find rest unto your souls. And verse 30 goes on to say, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But yet we got a lot of believers that are weighed down with everything in the world because we choose to be. Over the last year and a half since this great pandemic, pandemic, whatever you want to call it, if people are, if you don't understand, I don't, I don't buy into all the stuff that they push. If, if you don't know that by now. And this last year, and they're doing good. If you watch the news, if you just watch the last two weeks, you see the great influence that the media has. People freaked out, putting gas in plastic bags, putting gas in buckets. How are you gonna get that in your car? 
One lady was smart. She double-bagged her gas. But it shows the power. There was no gas shortage. None. There was a transportation shortage because people panicked. Because the flow of gas was interrupted. Listen, what stopped? Interrupted. There was enough fuel in the tank farms to last until mid-June if not one drop went in. But people freaked out. And we call ourselves comforted by the Holy Spirit. People are going to be preaching about Pentecost today. They're going to be preaching about the power and comfort of the Holy Spirit. But yet they're frantic. They're freaking out. They're storing up chicken supremes because Bojangles is running that. People got 77,000 rolls of toilet paper at their house because all of a sudden they got to use the bathroom like un- nobody's been. I mean, ain't going there. <laughs> Call myself. But we flip out. And now they're trying to sell toilet paper on Marketplace. If I got to drive to your house to get toilet paper, we in trouble. Thank you, Lord, for checking me. <laughs> this is about got in trouble. But people go crazy. What, what's the next one going to be? I don't know. The sun's going to crash. I mean, people were scared that this satellite from China was going to crash into the earth. It's supposed to hit tonight. Sawyer told me, Dad, it's going to strike in a minute. It did, but what are we afraid of? What are we worried about? We talk, listen, we push. We push a, a, and promote a, a great and mighty God, and He is. But when something happens to us, we flip out. And I'm going to tell you, when it rains, it pours. When it starts going bad, it all goes bad. It just happens that way. But it does not change the effectiveness and the efficiency of the power of God. But we let it. We're heavy laden. We're wore out. We're burdened. The, I, I can say this about here because I am the pastor here. And it may, it may challenge you. I hope to God it does. I pray that the Lord challenges you today. But the effectiveness of ministries here have become ineffective because we've become complacent in areas. And I will challenge those areas. Because our number one mission is to preach the gospel and to make sure that the sinner is coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and that the saint is growing. And sometimes you can't grow unless you get uncomfortable. When we're challenged, we, we don't like to be challenged. We don't like that to come in our lives. Because it just don't feel good. But the Holy Spirit will always challenge us to change. He will always bring things up in our own lives that don't need to be there. He will always do that if we're seeking Him. So most believers only want the characteristics of Christ without the character. Your character is who you are, but your reputation is who people think you are. There's people with great reputations and their character stinks. Or there's some people with a terrible reputation, but their character is terrific because people don't know. And I want to tell you, there, there is this thing, if you've got phones like this, you don't have to be an iPhone, but you've got smartphones, you've got all this, you've got social media. Social media will tell on your character just like that. I don't care if you bounce, bounce, bounce with it. 
whatever, this TikTok, this whole, everybody wants to walk around shaking their butts. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, it tells of your character. We talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, but we won't allow him to change us enough to change a profile or change our friends list or change who we follow. Come on, somebody. I'm talking to a lot of young folks because they know what I'm talking about. Some older people don't know what in the world I'm talking about. But I want to tell you something. They don't need, you don't need to follow some people back. And you don't need them in your friends list. And I don't care how many likes and thumbs up and hearts you get or shares or FYP, is that it right for your page, for you page, whatever you call it, that you get, it don't make no difference because in the midst of your deepest sorrow, none of them will be there. None of them. When you're going through hell on earth, there ain't none of them going to be there, but God Almighty will. He'll never leave you, nor will He forsake you, but we've forsaken Him. I ain't even got through the first half page of my notes, and we may be here a while. Character is who you are. Reputation is who people think you are. But Christ said to learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. The exact opposite of what society teaches. The exact opposite of everything. Right now, school's making kids try to figure out what they want to do when they're in the fifth grade, or whatever grade it is. They're never teaching anybody to be an entrepreneur or chase your dreams or make your own money or make, make a career for your own self because everybody's not a doctor or a lawyer or an accountant or a computer programmer. Not everybody does that. Some people play in concrete for a living or make sure people don't get hurt while they're playing in concrete. Some people weld. Some people do this. But listen, I'm not here to promote and push jobs, but I'm telling you this. Everybody is not the same. But society is cramming everybody into a mold because they want to make you what they think you should be. God gives us the free thinking ability to be free moral people, but we should adhere to His standards and submit to His will. He gives you that right and that choice. But now you've got everything being pushed on everybody that you've got to do this. I can't travel. Why? Because I don't have a vaccine. And if that's what it, if, if, if you think that I've got to have one to travel, then that's your, that's, that's your prerogative. But I'm going to tell you, when, when, the, when the society can start marking people and telling people that they're not good enough because you don't have what I have, but I can tell you that I don't care what you have. If you don't have in your heart what I have, and His name is Jesus Christ, I don't care how much money you have, how many shots you've taken, or where you can or cannot go. I can promise you this. If you do not receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can sit in the White House or you can be under a bridge setting. It don't make no difference because God is no respecter of persons. And the Bible says that without Him, you cannot enter into heaven. Am I, I don't, I'm going to steal our, our, our administrative bishop's line, Brother T.M. Hill. I don't know if I'm mad or anointed this morning. Maybe a little bit of both. He alone is what Christ taught. He alone. Nothing else. Nothing else. 
Our maturity cannot outgrow our knowledge of the cross of Christ. It's, it's got to be heart knowledge and not head knowledge. You're, we're not impressing anybody. I'm going to tell you right now, if you can quote all of the Psalms, the person that needs Jesus and is hopeless, that don't impress them. But if you can take them the character of Christ, and if you can take it to them in humility, and allow the power of the Holy Spirit to operate through you, then you'll see change begin to take place. They're not going to give you $5, and they're not going to follow you because you can... Listen, we should desire to learn the Scripture and quote it, but that doesn't impress people, head knowledge. It's a heart knowledge. It's when you'll stop from your busy schedule and take time and sit and listen to somebody, that you'll pick up the phone and call somebody and tell them I'm thinking about you, that you'll do something that's outside of your ordinary because that's the character of Christ. And we began to understand His character when we began to die to self. Oh, I, 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 listen, I can, I can get up on my hind legs and preach with the best of them. I sure can. But I'm tired of all that. I'm tired, of, I'm tired of churches being entertained or pushed with an, with an emotion because the pastor has really brought it today. You brought it, brother. If I didn't bring you the Word and the Word didn't change your life today, then I failed. If I didn't bring you Jesus and the Holy Spirit didn't challenge you where you sit right now, I, I failed you. And if you, if you, if you, if now, now if he's challenging you and you, and you don't desire or you don't receive that, then that's you. That's on you. But I'm, I'm, we're going to get the Pentecost. We're going to get to the power. But first, there's some things in our lives that's got to change. Charlie Weiss was a coach of Notre Dame football. I'm not, I'm not judging the man's heart. But I watched an interview with him one time on ESPN, and he talked about, man, discipline, 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 discipline. That's what I coach. And I thought, who in the world listens to you? You're in jogging pants and a sweatshirt with holes in it on the sideline. Who's listening? Who's listening? We preach the gospel. We talk about the change in our lives. And ain't nothing changed but a title. Ain't nothing changed but maybe our vocabulary. When our character is what really needs to change. And our heart needs to change. Because when it does, then other things don't matter. When I was a kid, I've said this before, I'm going to say it again. Church was the reason you missed everything else. I didn't have a choice. I didn't have a choice. My mom and dad made me, and thank God, they made me go. It wasn't my decision. I was a kid. I didn't know if I wanted peanut butter and jelly or grape or, or cherry Kool-Aid. I didn't know. It wasn't my decision. They made me go, and they made me sit and listen to the Word of God. Did I receive it? No, but I had to go. But it began to build character in my life and understand the importance of coming together. But when change began to take place in my life, I began to understand the importance of the body of Christ. I began to understand the importance of coming together and worshiping corporately. We have a responsibility, church. I talked to Matt this morning. I was, un- actually, I was unloading on him a little bit, but 
<coughs> this is the question I ask. How do we communicate the, the, effectively that you, the body, have an importance, an important part to play in the body of Christ? Your ministry, whatever it may be, has got to be effective. But how does it become effective? It's not by you becoming more organized. It's not by you becoming more, more cordial. It's by you becoming more submissive to the will of the Father and adhering to His Word and submitting yourselves to Him and, and understanding that, God, I don't know how, where, why, or when, but I just want to make myself available. Your maturity or lack of it is depending on your understanding of the cross of Christ. What are you talking about? Right now, they're building a house across the street. I don't know what it's going to be, 4,000, 4,500 square. I don't know what it's going to be. It's probably going to be $700,000. I don't know, but because everything's insane right now. But if that's a 4,000 square foot foundation over there, I cannot, footprint-wise, I cannot build a 10,000 square foot house on it. I can't. Now, we can build up, and we can make it 10,000 square. I'm talking about out. You will never outgrow your foundation. You will never outgrow your unders. Listen, when we began to understand what took place at Calvary, that is the foundation of Christianity. That is the foundation of what took place at Calvary. That's the foundation of it all. And when we grow in understanding of all of that, then we grow in understanding of our knowledge of the Word of God. And we began to experience that in our lives, and we allow it to change us. The meek and lowly in heart are the opposite of the world. How, how, how do we learn to be meek and lowly in heart? It's found in the cross. It's, it's not, it's not oh, oh, Brother Jeff, can I tie your shoe? It's not all that. We think it's service and duty. That comes along with it. You do things. You have a heart of a servant. But it's not the things. It's the, it's the submission and the surrender to the will of God. Do you know that Christ was on earth for 33 and a half years and, and that, that he had to surrender and submit to the will of the Father? In fact, Israel did a thing, a little message on him. Uh, when, when Paris Reagan was here, he talked about it. Even in the Garden of Gethsemane, you come to that place of nevertheless, nevertheless, not my will be done, but yours be done. We submit to the will of the Father, so, so we learn to be meek and lowly in heart, by, and it's found in the cross, allowing Him to do it in us and through us. It was there that the greatest display of humility was ever shown. So when we began to understand the cross, you began to make sense of the first three Beatitudes in Matthew 3-5, through 5, that blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are they who mourn, and blessed are the meek. Right now, this, this, this nation, this world is a give me world and it's a world that thinks everything is owed to them. But the Bible plainly and clearly tells us Christ said it that I will make you become fishers of men. But first, what you got to do, you have to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. And if you're not denying yourself, you're not going to follow him. It's not going to happen. But yet we're pushing a, 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 uh, a gospel that is social, that is addressing social issues and civil issues instead of addressing sinful issues that come from the heart. That's what the social and civil issues 
derived from is from sin. We're addressing symptoms. The other week, a, a month or so ago, whatever, I walked outside and I was like, man, kid, left, they done left the hose pipe. The hose pipe, it's hose pipe in the south. They ain't going hose or water hose, it's a hose pipe. They done left the hose pipe on. They're going to run the well dry. Water's running across the driveway. Lord, well, guess what? The hose pipe wasn't on. It was a water leak. I could have got, I could have called Ben, Ben, can, ben, can you bring a, a dump trailer full of clay over here? Let's, let's dump it on top of the water so they see dry ground. That would have worked for a little while. But guess what? The problem was still there. And the water would be would have found its way through. But guess what we did? We dug a hole. We, we cut the problem out. And we fixed it. We addressed the problem and not the symptom. But yet we church folk always want to address the symptoms. And not the problem. Um, our marriage is falling apart. Well, that's a symptom, and it's a problem. But where does it come from? Uh, yeah, I can't even see my, my toes no more. I'm, I'm, I'm doomed to wearing Crocs the rest of my life. It's a problem, but where does it come from? The spoon or the fork is not their fault. Before I quit working construction, we had to fill out a hurt felons report. I never filled one out because I didn't care. But we've got problems everywhere. Problems, problems, problems. I'm late for work. Why? With traffic was heavy. Didn't mention I hit my snooze button 17 times. Well, brother, I just can't find my place in the body of Christ. Is it because it's not where you want it to be? Or is it because that you've never availed yourself to fit into the body of Christ? Can, I'm, 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 very, I'm a very blunt person, if you didn't know. Surprise! Uh, but we want to we bring our problems in and make it your problems instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to cut it out. Because, you know, if i got to sing Swing Low, Sweet Chariot, I want you singing with me. Misery loves company. I'm, I'm not going to be his neighbor. Christ came to give us an abundant life. Not one of sorrow and trial and turmoil and trouble. Those things come. But guess what? They'll fade away. i got to go on. I'm going to get in trouble. If I ain't already there. Philippians 2, verses 7 and 8, Jesus, uh, on our behalf, he made himself of no reputation. And he took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men. Jesus was. And being found in the fashion of man, he humbled himself and he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Before verses 7 and 8, uh, uh, Paul would pen through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. This mind, the mind of a servant, to become humble, to become submissive to the will of the Father. Well, that ain't no fun. I, 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 I've, never, I've never read about, I enjoy life. 
But I've never read in here where our number one priority and our number one mission in life is just to have fun. I have fun everywhere I go. I don't need people to amuse. I can amuse myself. I told you before, right down the highway, I smashed hard. I'm like, I don't need you. I, I, I can do it my own self. And you may be crazy to you, but I'm just telling you, we've made this our mission in life to make it enjoyable. Let's make church a great experience. We focused on the experience, and we've forgotten what they're supposed to experience. It's okay for church sometimes to be uncomfortable. Because Christ said, it's expedient that I go. I send the comforter. He would have never sent the comforter if you would have never been uncomfortable. You know, if, if, I, if, if I, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing 44. Woo! And God, a four-day-old baby. Hallelujah, Jesus. I need it. God, I need it. I told someone, I said, you, and it, I don't think she liked it, but you realize we've had children in three different decades? <laughs> I'm going to tell you what, our family makes up more than 5% of the body of Christ here at Lakeside Church. <laughs> and we ain't even Mormon, we just got kids. <laughs> and yes, we know what causes all that, so I don't, don't, please don't ask me that question ever again. That's like in July, somebody's going to ask you, Jeff, is it hot enough for you, brother? No, I mean, if, you, if the asphalt would melt, then it might be right. We ask some dumb questions to people. But anyway, I'm going to go on before I get in big trouble. Jesus didn't have to learn to be obedient. He became. Can you put that back up there, verse 8? He became. Verse 8. You're doing fine, Mary. Don't worry about it. He became obedient and became obedient unto, unto death. He didn't learn. He became. How? Because he desired to do the Father's will. Sometimes you don't just, you just become something. You just learn through experience in life. You learn. I'm not the pastor I was in August of 2013. Thank God for that. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all should be thanking Jesus too. But he became obedient unto death. He relinquished his will and submitted to the will of the Father. When's the last time we said, Lord, not my will, but yours be done? Instead of praying, Lord, let this be your will. Let it be your will that I can get me some old cruiser car. I mean, I mean, I mean man, Israel done ruined me. I'm ready, to sell it. I'm ready to sell it all. I want to get old. It wasn't Israel's fault. It's my fault. I see I'm blaming him. It's my fault. I'm ready to get an old Barney Fife car. I'm just going to ride down the road. I don't even care what it looks like. It just runs. But he relinquished his will to the Father in all things, even unto death. If Christ did it, and Paul said to let this mind be in you, which you read in Philippians chapter 2, if Christ did it, and we are to be Christ-like, don't you know that's what Christian means, to be Christ-like, representation of Christ. We are ambassadors of Christ. If we're going to be ambassadors of Christ, at least we should desire to be like Christ. So if he had to relinquish his will, so should you, so should I. 
I see these things going around Facebook, social media. Man, if you could do what you want to do when you were growing up, what would you be doing? I wouldn't be standing right here, I can promise you that. I'd be cleaning mud off of me about right now. And whatever. I didn't want to make mud pies. If you, I, I wanted to drive a, a monster truck or do the mud races or anything had to do with horsepower and loudness and big tires and dirt. I was all in. So when I when I got the invite, she invited me, Jason, because Reba likes me more than you. I just, she did say that, and I don't want to cause a rift between you two, but just wanted you to know that I'm her favorite Jason, other than her son. <laughs> uh, I didn't cause the, I didn't cause the war between two families. It's okay, Reba. He said he's gonna take care of y'all's camping needs when y'all go camping with him. He's gonna hook you up. You know, stop up y'all's septic system. <laughs> I don't even know why I said all that because it had nothing to do with anything, but we're to follow Christ. We're to be an example of who he is. We're to relinquish our will and submit ourselves to him. So when you realize, when us as believers realize that all the good I do, all the right things I do, all of those things, don't earn me merit with God. That's us as believers. And then for an unbeliever to admit that I'm in need of a Savior, then that's us dying to self. Romans 7 and verse 18 says, For I know that in me, in my flesh, dwells no good thing, for the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. I know what I want to do, but I can't do it. Sawyer and Abby was trying to promote the gym to me yesterday. Dad, and, and she wasn't calling me dad, but he was. That'd be kind of weird. But he's like, Dad, y'all join. I was like, eh. I know I should. I mean, I got stuff I just want to change, and I don't want to change the shape. I don't want to look like a like a pear anymore, and I want to I want to change. But I I just that that I know what I need to do, but I just can't I can't do it. But you take this to a, a spiritual mindset and our, our, our spiritual being and our relationship with the Lord. I know the, the, that I, I need to avail myself to Christ. I know that I need to, I know. And when you got kids, you start telling them something, they always say, I know. If you know, why are you doing it? I mean, no matter what it is, I know. No, you don't. Talking to Jimmy yesterday about softball. I was, like, I was telling her all, y'all don't care nothing about all this. I was telling her what to do when the ball's hit, what position you respond. I know, Daddy. No, you don't. No, you don't know. If you did know, you wouldn't be standing there like this. <laughs> That's us. I know. I know what to do, but I ain't doing it. Why? Because you become exhausted in your performance. Hello. This is, this is the life of most people that sit in church. I ain't saying you're going to hell. I ain't saying you're... T- uh, listen, this is a, most people's life. I know what to do, but I ain't doing it because I've been t- I, I tried it all. I'm tired of performing. I go all the way back. We want to talk about walking in power. I know it's Pentecost. We're going to get there in a moment. We, we talk about walking in power. We talk about all this stuff. But there's something that needs to happen in our lives. We need to become meek and lowly in heart. And when we do, we'll realize, I'm not right. 
Any married men in here? You ain't never been right. You should be, be, we should be good at this. If you are right, then you don't need some marriage counseling because your marriage ain't happy right now. I've been right twice in almost 23 years. It's when I went the right direction. <laughs> and 7 plus 7 was 14. <laughs> Other than that, I've been wrong every time. But I, I, I can't do that what I desire to do. Just can't, I, can't, I just can't get there. I, I will for a while, and then I fall back. And I, I do all right, and I fall back. And, I, and, 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 and it's, just, it's just this vicious cycle. We'll never find it within ourselves. As hard as you search... And as much as you go to church or as many times as you go back and listen to the message through the week or as much scripture as you, you'll never find it within yourself how to perform that which you know is right. You'll still screw it up at some point in time. Why? Because we're trying to revert back to self and not walk in humility and the meekness that he desires we do. If you have, a, a, again, a problem with that statement that you'll never find it within yourself, you lack humility. Well, brother, you don't know me. I got good pedigree. Okay. Still got a problem. I, I told you, when I was young, I, when, I was, when I was a teen, I... Uh, Summer and I started dating. And that was the greatest thing ever happened to me other than salvation. Anyway, we started dating. And she, she came to our church for a while, but I, I desired to go to where she went, which became our home church. But I desired that because all I was ever known as was a Collins. <laughs> your grandpa's a preacher. Your uncle's a preacher. Your daddy's a preacher. Your great-uncle's a preacher. Your great-grandfather. Your great-great-grandfather. You're going to be a preacher too. I don't want to be a preacher. I just want to know who I am. I'm a hellion on my way to a devil's hell, and all you know is my last name's Collins. I don't even know who I am. I tried to perform it for years, and, and I began to, to understand I could not. So we, we strive to take on the character of Christ. When you fall in love with Christ, you should be falling in love also with the character of Christ. I probably ain't going to get through all this message. I might, might not. I don't know. You should fall in love with the character. And when you do, we begin to change. So our, 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 here's why. So that our will would conform to His and He would increase and we would decrease. John wrote it this way. He must increase, but I must decrease. He must. I must decrease. How, how can I apply that? Romans 12 and verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Not that you can prove it. How it's proved is Him living through you. What is the will of God for your life? For you to submit to Him. I can't give you the specific 
will of God for your life because I'm not God. But I can tell you the general will of God is for you to submit to Him so that you can, or and receive the provision so that you can spend eternity in heaven. I don't know if you're called to be an evangelist, a teacher, or a preacher, or if you're called to work in the soup kitchen, or to be, be a, a whatever it may. I don't know that. But what I do know is that you should desire to submit yourself to His will. And when you submit yourself to His will, and you begin to take on the characteristics of Christ. Why? Because that's what He provided. It was perfect. Our only rest is found in Him. Going all the way back to Matthew 11, uh, 28 through 30. Our rest is found in Him. Coming to me, all you labor and are heavy laden, and I shall, or I will, give you rest. So He said, take my yoke upon you. He gives it, but do you receive it? I'm, I'm burdened down. I haven't, I haven't received what was freely given. Take my yoke, take it. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to do hopscotch. You don't, have to, you don't have to put your name on a membership roll. Take my yoke upon you. It's here. It's for you. I'm giving it to you right now. And when you do, you're going to learn of me that I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. The yoke full of submission to the Father's will, willing to be meek and lowly in heart, willing not to be self-willed and proud, but willing to accept the lowest place on earth, a servant. Well, I thought, man, i seen all this promotion about Pentecost Sunday. I came to a good old Pentecostal church, and I thought you was going to have us shouting our beehives out. If all we have reduced the power of the Holy Spirit to is a shout, we fail to realize just how powerful he is. If you ever go to a ball game where they serve alcohol, the loudest folks are the drunkest ones. I ain't, there's no joke. I was at an Iowa State and NC State football game at the Georgia Dome. Peach Bowl. Back when I was a little, I was younger. I was in high school. Dude, two rows behind us. The whole game. This was his cheer. Go Georgia Bulldogs. But they ain't even here. Dude was loud. Georgia, they're not even, this is NC, North Carolina State and Iowa. Hawkeyes, Buckeyes, I don't know what they call it. Hawk something else, something else. And Wolfpack. And you're talking about Bulldogs. Why was he doing that? He was out of his mind. And why are you telling us that? Because it's really that attention that went to him is no different than a lot of folks reduced the power, the operation of the Holy Spirit. If somebody ain't shouting and making a racket, we shouting about something we ain't even never experienced ourselves. When change begins to take place in our lives, and our heart begins to change. And our character begins to change. Oh, sure, you'll shout. You'll have a great, grand, old, glorious time. There ain't nothing wrong with all that. I'm not talking about that. There's nothing wrong with all that. But we should be changing. 
You don't have to prove yourself to men. You are proven in Christ and accepted by the Father. How and why? Because I have received Christ, the provision in my life. And he said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 1 John 5 and 3 tells us that his commandments are not grievous. So it shouldn't be a burden to follow the will of God. It shouldn't be a burden to serve the Lord. It should be a joy. It should be a passion. It should be a drive in our lives. I'm probably going to have to finish this tonight because there's just no way. I got a lot. I want us to understand the importance of the character of the believer. Because you may be the only Jesus that somebody ever sees today. And how are they going to see him? Even if they don't see you physically and they're scrolling through and see your accounts, be it whatever it may be, social media accounts, what are they seeing? One of the greatest posts I ever saw was a long time ago, it was around Christmas, and somebody put it and said, I've seen your photos and your posts. You need Jesus and some clothes for Christmas. The character, the characteristics of Christ should be our heart, should be, Lord, let me decrease today. I get frustrated just like you do. That's Matt. He just walked in, sat down. I was like, like brother, you got to listen right here. I know this is the day the Lord has made, but man, I'm struggling. We all get that way. We all get burdened. I done tore this thing up. We all get burdened. We all get weighted down. Why? Because we take off the yoke. We push it off that what we should be putting on, we take it off and we try to do it ourselves. It becomes hard because we make it that way. If, if what he asks seems hard, it's because we have made it hard. Now you've added to the burden and it's no longer light. We've made it heavy. Jesus being tempted in the wilderness is, is another example of humility, really the greatest example of all, because he submitted to his Father's will. He had the authority and the power to change all of that, but he didn't. Because he was fully man, but he, Christ, said, at this time, again, he was fully man. Some say, uh, well, well he, he resisted because he's Jesus. But remember, he, Christ, submitted himself to the will of the Father. He, Christ, totally relied on the spoken word to rebuke the enemy. Why? Because he was fully man and he had to fully humble himself to the will of God. So do we. In John 1, 1 through 5, it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made, all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him, in Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness comprehends it not. Meaning that there is still power in the name of Jesus. There is still power in the blood. There is still power in the word of God. Because not comprehend, not mean understand, means it can't overtake it. It can't. 
but yet we've allowed it to overtake us. Why? Because we've tried to do what we can't to get something that we can't earn all in the name, hear me clear, of Jesus. When all he desires is your heart. He desires for you to submit your will to his. And to learn of him. To learn of him. He, Christ, humbled himself uh, to the word of the Father because he, Christ, knew that Satan had no refute to the spoken word of God. And after he humbled himself, then came his ministry. After he humbled himself. But see, we got, we got folk right now that they, they, they Bible college, they, they want to be the preacher. I want a pastor church. I want to have a church of 1,500 people in a worldwide TV ministry. Mm, you probably don't. I want, to, I want to be able to work one day a week and do nothing. I do too. But what we... What we want should be, Lord, I want whatever you want. I want to be wherever you want me to be. I want to, if, it's, if you're called, to, I want to pastor, Lord, wherever you want me to pastor. I'm, I'm, listen, listen to me clear. Could Summer and I have gone somewhere already to a bigger church with more to offer in, 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 in the package deal? If you want to, I'm not talking about, yes. But I'm not called for that. I'm called right here. Why? Because that's where he placed me. As frustrating as I make it sometimes. That I listen, not y'all. I make it sometimes. That's where he placed me. And as far as I'm concerned, you'll see. I, I you already see me go bald. I told you when we got here, you'll see us get old and go bald. And you done seen us get old and get bald. Now we got a newborn. And uh, so we're just going to keep growing the church. We ain't gonna, we're not taking a part in the next wave. I'm just making that disclaimer. But we need to walk in humility and submit ourselves to the will of the Father. He wants your heart. He wants your life. He wants you. Sure, we, we give. We do all of these things. That's a part of it. But He desires you. He wants to change you. Well, you know, I, I'm saved. I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm not saying you're not a believer. I'm saying he desires all of you. And when you submit to his will and you want what he wants and you want to be where he wants you to be, I can guarantee you this. It will be the most joyous time of your life. Even to when it don't make sense to nobody else. It will be. I, I, there's no way I'm going to finish. He was told, Acts, uh, and when you go on Acts 1 and verse 4, the disciples were told to wait. Wait for what? Wait for the promise of the Father. And it, and it takes humility to wait. I, 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 I shared this, uh, with, I can't remember who, recently. 
And, and as I get older, I understand the importance of waiting on, on the Lord. And when I was young, I didn't have patience. I don't really have, patience is not my real strong suit right now. It never has been. I don't like time clocks. I don't like those, those sand things. I don't like all of that because they go too slow. I want to bust them open and make them go faster. I know that it beats old per. I just don't like waiting. But I learned to wait. And Summer and I learned to wait, and we waited 17 years. for what the Lord had for us. But listen, listen clear. During that waiting, never, yeah, we got, I'm not going to speak, I got off whatever here or there, but during that waiting was we never still. We wasn't idle. We were working, striving. Sometimes it was for us, but most of the time it was for His glory. I'm not going to sit and lie to you and tell you everything. We, everything I did was, sometimes we did it because you were just a person and you wanted somebody to know you did it. Well, I can't believe you say that. Sometimes you just do. But he desires your heart. He desires you to submit to him. He desires you to walk in humility. And I can tell you, Lakeside Church, and you that are viewing, if you desire to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit, first, you have to learn to walk in humility. I, I listen. I, I hope. I, I I pray that you guys know me well enough to know when I say some things that I don't say as a slap or say as as I don't care. When I was twenty five, that name on that sign would have meant a lot to me. I don't care no more. Because it ain't nothing, it is nothing about me. It's about him. It's about learning to wait on the Lord. Tonight, I'll finish this tonight. And we'll get into the power that comes through the waiting. The power that comes through walking in humility by operating in His will instead of yours. The power when you allow the Holy Spirit to indwell in you and to fill you and to change you. The power that comes through all of that because you and I need it every single day. And now more so than ever because now it isn't even trying to be hidden. It's just evil. I just found out yesterday. I mean, this shows how out of touch with some things I am. Yesterday, that Disney has uh, they have lesbian couples and and and, and gay couples and, and all of this stuff and and they they're, they're drinking around the Disney stuff. How? Why? And we submit. We we let our kids watch this stuff. It's just part of society. It don't have to be a part of yours. I mean, last time I checked, man, I, I can tell, I can flip the TV off. I could go on forever, but I want to. I want to close this morning. I want to bring this thing to a close. I want to tell you that time's running out. What in the world? Even if you've been went astray. Even if you've 
even if you've, you're doing your own thing, today He wants your heart. Today He desires all of you. I, 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 singer, just you come. I remember my oldest brother. My oldest brother is a pastor as well. And I remember always looking up to my oldest brother and, and always, always desiring. I wanted to be just like my oldest brother. But I remember my oldest brother came home and it was at a family reunion time. And I have a big family, if you didn't know that. I have a very big family. And they would come in from all over, the, the, really, the country and we would stay at different people's houses. They would stay at ours and whatever. And anyway, this particular night, my family was there, a lot of them, probably 30, 40, 50 of them or so, I don't know. They were there and we were, we were up late and my brother pulled in. And I always wanted to be like my big brother Chad. And my brother pulled in and I, I went outside and my brother said, go back inside. And I was like, I don't want to go back inside. I want to talk to you, Chad. Go back inside. Little did I know that night my brother had thrown up all over himself because he had, he had gotten out of the will of the Father and he had submitted to his own desire and, and to be so much like everybody else. He had puked all over himself because he was so drunk. But the same night, my brother changed it all. Well, the Lord changed it all in my brother. The same night, my brother submitted to the will of God. The, the same night was his last night of drinking alcohol and, and doing drugs. The same night because he submitted himself to the will of the Father. And why are you saying all this, Jason? Because the same, the, the same pull that was way back then is the same pull that's right now and even stronger because things now are so much more accessible. I want to... I have so much on my heart and my mind. And I want to... If, if young people, if you're listening, if you're in here or if you listen, you don't have to be like everybody else. Your relationships aren't a test drive. If I need to be very clear, you, you don't need to be sleeping and doing things together that is intended for married folks. Why? Because you're ruining, ruining the intimacy and the beauty of what it's designed to be. You don't have to, girls, you don't have to look like a prostitute for men to like you. And in fact, if that's what you think you need to look like, men don't care nothing about you. Boys, you don't have to act like you ain't got a lick of sense because most of you don't anyway, but you don't have to, you don't have to do stuff. You don't have to shotgun beer. You don't have to do those things. You don't have to prove your manhood. You don't. Adults, you don't have to strive to get the next great thing to prove to your children that you are successful. And all the while, all they wanted was you. Can I tell you, I had the greatest parents in the face of this earth. One of them's in glory, and my dad lives now at Myrtle Beach. The greatest by far parents ever. And you know what I drove to high school? 
like a 1980s model Pontiac 6000 that had no muffler and I had to pump the gas because the fuel pump was jacked up and, and if I didn't pump it on the floor, it wouldn't go. We didn't have nice stuff and we didn't have the good things, but what they gave me was Jesus and what I learned in life is I don't need everything else. I just need Him. And I just need to surrender to His will. Even if I got a full or drained bank account, it makes no difference. And I'm going to listen to that. I'm not talking about you need to be poor to be saved. He can, you can be just as saved if, you, if you're wealthy or poor. But what I'm telling you is He desires you today. Whatever your status is in life, how much success you've had or how little you've had of it, how intelligent or lack of there, there is, He desires you. You. He wants to change you. He wants you to be a representation of who He is and to get rid of all the stuff and take on the form of a servant. Paul again said it in Philippians 2, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Philippians 2, 7 and 8, if you could put that back up there. I want you to look at this. Because we Pentecostals want to talk about the power, and it's there. But if we want to operate in it, and we want to move in it, and we want to be effective in the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we have got to be humble. He made himself of no reputation. No reputation. I, I thank God for the honor. And it is an honor and a privilege to be called pastor. But I had to learn to be a servant. Sure, there's times that I don't do as well at it as I should. But he took upon him the form of a servant. Christ. The Lamb of God. The one who, who could have called down a legion of angels just like that. But he took on the form of a servant. And we think we're too good. I, I, I don't know, man. I can't talk to these people. They might cuss me out. They might. They still need Jesus. Listen, listen, to, listen to me. Listen to my heart clear today. Lakeside Church, and, if, and whoever's viewing and however far it goes, I don't know. My desire is not to build a bigger building. I do desire this building to be full. I, I, I mean, it's not to build a bigger building. My desire is those that are here, whether if it's in a bigger building or not, that they take on the characteristics of Christ and be a servant for Him. Sure, you can, you can serve a whole lot more people with 500 than you can with five. But nonetheless... All five or 500 need to serve with the same passion and the same drive. <coughs> so I'm asking you today, and I'm asking you this. Have you surrendered all to Him? I'm not asking if you love Him. I'm not asking if you're saved. I'm not asking if you're on your way to heaven. I hope you are, and if you're not, today's the day of salvation. But I'm asking, have you surrendered all to Him? Have you given Him every single ounce of you? Because if you have, then I promise you this. He will open doors that you thought were absolutely 100% impossible. 
Why? So that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. How? Because the light, that the light of the world is shining through you. Why? Because I'm humble. Think, think, about, think about this for a moment. I don't know why I'm looking for a candle. I don't have one. All it does is sit there. All it does is, is most people have candles. I never understood this. When my mom sold home interiors, and I know what mob is, and I know what, what uh, uh, swags are, and I know what uh, shelves, I know all of this stuff. But when she sold home interiors, she'd bring these candles home that smell like cranberries and, and, and just crazy, nasty potpourri and stunk the whole house up and never burned them. Why, why do we have these candles that we never use, Mom? They smell good. But wouldn't they be effective if you actually lit them? And, and, and we become like this. We become, we become, this, this is how we become as Christians, as the church, as believers. We look good and we smell good and we've been put on a pedestal. But don't you dare light my wick. But, but, when, but when you ask the Lord, Lord, I don't care if I'm on the pedestal or if I'm in a box under the bed. I just want you to light my wick so that they can see you burn in me, Lord. I want you today to stand in this place and I, I, I want you to surrender all to Him. Why? Not for my sake, but for yours. For the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For the sake of those that are perishing. They need to see Christ in you and they need to hear about His love. We, we, we'll, we'll get into the rest of all this tonight. We'll get into the power part of the Holy Spirit. We'll get into all that. But I want to tell you today, He wants your heart. He wants you to surrender to Him every single ounce of you. I don't know what they're singing, but I want, if that's your heart, if that's your desire, Lord, take all of me. Every, here, we do have a, look here, we have a candle. Two candles. <laughs> Had never been. This is wax. You got something in there. But in order for this smell scent that's in here to be released, it needs to be lit. Because all that wears off because hands touch it, it gets worn, and it gets all this. But, but here, here, this is a representation of a lot of folks in church today. Right here. But if your desire is to be lit on fire for Christ, I want you to come. I want you to surrender all to Him. He, he, listen, He didn't ask what flavor you are. He didn't ask what scent you have. Just come. Just come. You ever been in, you ever been in a situation where you had to have a light? You didn't care if the flashlight was green, black, orange. You didn't care if it was big, small, little. You didn't care if it clipped on your hat or it was on your keychain. You just needed some light. And this is what the world needs today. They need you. They need the Christ that's in you. And He needs you to submit yourself to Him today. Come. Come this morning. Let Him, let him begin to pour into your life. Let Him change you from the inside out. Because I promise you, if you'll let Him, He will catch you on fire today. Come as they sing. Go ahead. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever be, we live 
Heart in me. 
I can promise you this. The Lord's faithful. This last year and a half has been the greatest trial of my life. Personally and spiritually, it's been the greatest trial of my life. And that. People that were close, you don't hear from, you don't see, you don't know what you did. Those things can weigh on you. Church families that have disappeared. For what reason? I don't know. Those things can weigh on you. You got pandemics. You got people losing jobs and out of work. All those things. And I found myself saying, Lord, we've got all these big plans. Where's it going to come from? And I can tell you this. What the Lord puts in place will never lack resources. Never. What the Lord ordains, what He puts in motion, He also provides for. Church family, how many of you folks were here when we bought this church property over here? How many of you folks were here? Can I tell you, that this has never cost the church one dime? How? It pays for itself. It's never cost us one penny. Am I, am I right, man? It's never cost us one penny. It's paid for itself. Why? Because the Lord provided. The, 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 the trailer that's sitting over there, the, the Lord provided. Everything, everything. The Lord has provided. So when you see things that may not seem as though they are, I can promise you this, the fountain has never dried up. The well is still full, and the spring is still flowing. And when we say this, I do not say this, it's some cliche garbage. We've said this for a long time, the best is yet to come because Christ is coming. But until he does, this church is going to be busy about the Father's business. We're going to keep pushing the borders. We're going to keep praying, the, the, if you want to call it the prayer of Jabez, Lord, enlarge our territory. Why? Because there are people that need him. And I'm still believing. We're still going to have a Spanish service. I, 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 I don't speak Spanish, so I can't do all that, but... We've got some folks here that can. Why? Because, that's, listen, this has been my heart, our desire. Lord, do it. But let us walk in humility. Let us humble ourselves to be a servant of God. And be the body of Christ. I encourage, I didn't even, I didn't even really get to touch a whole lot this morning. I encourage you to be back tonight. I know some people have things or whatever they can't, but if you can, 6 o'clock tonight. If you can't, tune in 6 o'clock tonight. We're going to get into the power, the part that comes after walking in humility, the power and operating of the Holy Spirit. Yes, we still believe. 
We still believe in it. We still believe it's today for the believer right here, right now. Why? Because you need the equipping power of the Holy Spirit to do what He's called us to do. And that's to be the hands and feet of Him. We love you guys. Uh, continue to remember summer in your prayer. I know many of you probably desire and want to see summer in Charlie. But I'm going to ask you as nice as I possibly can. Just let her rest. And uh, she'll be here soon enough. And uh, if, if, uh, if there's something you need, call me. If she don't answer, it's not because she don't like you. I turned her ringer off. It's me. It's all my fault. I'm the bad guy. But call me. And if I don't answer, it's just because Jim has got my phone and, and is watching something. But we love you guys. Call Matt. Call Robert. Call uh, Jason. Call somebody. Call Terrence. If, you need, if there's a need, if, we, if you can't get a hold of me. But we love you guys. We're going to keep marching forward. We're going to keep going. We've taken some lumps. 